Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. In today's episode, I just wanted to record a couple of quick thoughts in regards to the horrible shooting that happened at Joel Osteen's church in Houston. Wanted to share with you what I'm trying to work through, what I'm thinking about, uh, and how I'm trying to navigate situations like this more biblically. Stay tuned. Well, happy Valentine's Day to all of you lovebirds out there. It is February 14th today, and just three days earlier on Super Bowl Sunday, on February 11th, uh, Mega Church Lakewood in Houston, uh, pastored and led by Joel Osteen, they suffered a pretty violent attack. There was uh, an approximately 36-year-old female who came into the building with an AR-15 and a 22 as well, and using a seven-year-old as a human shield, this female proceeded to go into the church and started opening fire on the parishioners. Um, there were two off-duty police officers at this service. They were both serving as uh, church security. They were both armed, and they stop this female shooter very quickly. Uh, Only one person, only one parishioner was shot, uh, shot in the leg or hip. Details are still kind of coming out, but he is expected to make a full recovery. Uh, Very tragically, very, very sadly, this seven-year-old that she was using as a human shield took a shot to the head and is currently in critical condition. Uh, doctors are not sure if he is going to survive. Uh, This is another shooting in a string of mass shootings in the United States history that uh, was kind of interesting to watch. It was interesting to see how the media covered this. It was interesting to see how the news has kind of rolled out on this. Um, And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that in a little bit. Um, as this, as this event started to hit the news line news, uh, and in the headlines, um, and, and as I started to dig into what really had happened, I found that I was really kind of trying to find some bearings more so than other shootings that have taken place. There were, there were a lot of elements. There were a lot of details to this that were kind of disorienting, hard to make sense of. And what I wanted to do with this <clears throat> with this episode is just, I guess, share how I'm trying to process this in the hopes that it might help you um, process an event like this. And uh, as as much as it pains me to say this, uh, I don't know if there, I don't know if things like <clears throat> like this are going to stop. I don't know if there are going to be a decrease in shootings like this. And so it seems like we need to figure out, uh, as Christians, how do we process this well and and move forward well? Um, I think probably the first, the the first thing that I've been seeing in myself, uh, there's there's three big ideas I want to share with you today. The first one, um, I've been asking the Lord to protect my heart from getting hard. And what I mean by that is um, it seems like these mass shootings have been happening more and more and more. And I'm finding in my own heart that I'm kind of just getting like accustomed to it. I'm kind of getting numb to this. 
uh, it seems like it's almost just be kind of becoming routine. And uh, I don't like the fact that I can see in my own heart, just like a, a, a calloused, a callousness, like a callousness nature to this. I don't like that. Uh, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really seem to affect me like it maybe did 10, 15 years ago. Um, when stuff like this crosses the the headlines, it's like, yeah, well, that's just kind of what happens now. And um, there was a verse that came to mind, and I want to share this with you. It's out of the Gospel of Matthew, and I I just thought, man, this is this is a pressing verse. Like this is a heavy verse to consider when something like this happens. It's out of Matthew chapter twenty four. And it's in verse 12. And in the context of this passage, Jesus is talking about uh, the signs of the end of the age. He's talking about different things that are going to be happening that are starting to signal the end of the age. And in Matthew 24, verse 12, here's what he says. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold when this hit and I started to kind of just feel that calloused, unflinching, didn't really bother me at all response. Um, this verse is what popped into my head. Jesus is saying here, as, as time progresses, lawlessness is going to increase chaos, um, violence, destruction, just people acting crazy. It's going to increase, and because of that increase, the love of many will grow cold. And and what's challenging is not just that verse. I mean, that verse kind of indicted me. It kind of pointed out what's happening. Uh, but, but then verse 13 is even more challenging. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Um, like the one who continues to try and follow the Lord, the one who endures the lawlessness, the one who endures all the chaos and and doesn't let their hearts be so hardened and calloused. Uh, they're the ones that are going to be saved. Um, man, that just kind of provoked me. It just kind of challenged me. I, I started to see how I've just been been really careless and casual to all of this uh, because in, in full like disclosure, um, th- there's a lot of a lot of things about Joel Osteen and his church that I theologically disagree with. I have some really strong theological disagreements. I, I think uh, he's actually probably doing more harm than good. Um, I don't think he is a pastor. I think he's way more of a politician, way more of be generous to call him a motivational speaker. Uh, I, I think he's using Christianity, a, uh, a, uh, diluted version of Christianity to make money, to sell books, to get speaking engagements. Um, I don't, he's not faithfully teaching the word of God. He preaches a version of Christianity that is basically saying Jesus wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. But here's the problem with that. The Bible does not preach that message. The Bible preaches in this world, you will have trouble. Uh, The very version of Christianity that Joel Osteen preaches doesn't fit Jesus's own life. Uh, Jesus was not wealthy. Jesus was not always happy. 
uh, Jesus was brutally betrayed by his closest friends and slung up and murdered on a cross for a crime he didn't even commit. Uh, our Messiah doesn't fit the version of Christianity that he's trying to propagate. Um, and so, man, I just have some really hard, hard disagreements with his his style, his philosophy, his theology. With that being said, um, what does it say about my own heart when something like this happens? People are shot at church, and my own heart goes, "Yeah, it's probably not going to be the last time." So, man, I, I yes, I disagree with Joel Osteen, but gosh, man, we we wouldn't want to wish this upon anybody, but we wouldn't want to wish this upon our our enemies. And I, I've just been personally challenged, like, Lord, would you soften my heart? I don't, I don't want the love in my heart to grow cold, even for the people that I disagree with, even for people where I look at their church and go, man, I, I don't actually think you're helping. I think you're doing more harm than good. Um, I just praying like, Lord, would you make my knee jerk reaction to be a tender, soft heart, a compassionate heart instead of being like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't really care. It's probably not going to be the last one. So that that's the first thing I've been trying to work through is just, Lord, protect my heart from getting hard. I, I don't want to be calloused and I don't want to be I don't want to be numb to things like this. Uh the the second thing I've been trying to just process and, and think about through this whole shooting event here was uh I've I've been seeing how hard it is to to find reliable, trustworthy news. This is something I've been seeing actually for a little bit now. It just seemed to, it seemed to crystallize in this story um, because there, there's a lot of elements to this story that are just kind of weird. Um, and depending on who you're getting your news from, uh, the, the story is going to be vastly different. Uh, because if you're, if you're getting your news from uh, outlets like CNN, MSNBC, Vox, uh, Young Turks, Huffington Post, wherever, the, the, those are going to be kind of your more left-leaning, more liberal news sources. And here's what they're going to be, here's what they're going to spin this whole thing as. It, it's all going to be about gun control. Um, that's what I've been seeing. Uh, if it's from ABC, if it's from CBS, if it's from NBC, MSNBC, they're they're all talking about how this is a gun control issue. And that is certainly part of the story. Um, this lady had, I mean, she had documented mental illnesses, a documented criminal background in history. She assaulted an officer. Um, like there were a lot of reasons why she should not have been able to get a gun. And yet she was able to legally purchase a gun. That is kind of disconcerting. But here's what those outlets are going to do. They're going to just hammer on the fact that we got to have stricter gun laws. We got to get rid of the Second Amendment. It's it's gun control, gun control, gun control, gun control. And that's just not the full picture um, because there's another side to this story that you're like your Fox News, your more conservative, you know, Ben Shapiro, The Daily Wire, Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh. They're all starting to kind of... Uh, pull out some really interesting threads uh, of this story. What, what they're highlighting is that this shooter who went by a female, went by a female name, uh, by all accounts looked female, uh, 
all of the left-leaning outlets are referring to her only as a female. If you look at her arrest records for the first couple of years that she's in the United States, she is identifying under a male name. So people are asking, is this woman really a man? Is this actually a trans woman? And are these left-leaning news outlets kind of smothering the fact that, that, that this may have been an act of violence perpetrated by someone who's trans? And, and if that's the case, are they skewing the narrative because they don't want to portray trans people as violent? And so the, the right side of the news spectrum is now just hammering that this is uh, another trans activist, another trans who's committed violence. This is someone else who's mentally unstable. And they're uh, really ringing the bell about how trans ideology leads to all kinds of mental instability. And, and so, man, where you get your news from really colors how you're going to perceive this incident. And, and here's the truth, man, like the left and the right, both are getting shades of the truth, but neither one of them are getting the full complete story. And I've just been seeing this more and more where you get your news from. You have to be really careful. You have to be really careful to discern how much of this is factual and how much of this is just them trying to spin their narrative. Um, and it's, I, man, I haven't really been able to find uh, a good source of news that can give accurate, unbiased, just straightforward information. Um, probably the best, probably the closest I have been able to find. Uh, there's a duo on YouTube uh, called, uh, the, their show's called Breaking Points. It's Crystal and Sager. Sager leans more conservative and Crystal leans more liberal. And uh, these two try to cover the news as just objectively and clearly as possible. They try to just give the facts of what's happening. Um, it, it has caused, though, in me a real, a growing suspicion of like mainstream media on both sides, on the liberal and on the conservative side. It, it smells a lot on both sides, like they're just trying to advance their agenda. They're not trying to give you accurate information. So, man, it, it's starting to smell and look a lot like propaganda from both sides. And this has just made me, made me suspect. It's made me start to go, man, I, I really have to be diligent here how I gather information. I really have to be diligent how I, how I vet and how I filter out the information that's coming to me. Because if it's not those mainstream outlets, like there's all kinds of other commentators and influencers, people posting on Twitter slash X, whatever it's called now. So all of the people on these platforms, they all have their own agenda as well. And a lot of times what, what they're actually trying to do is just get likes. So they don't care how they don't care how accurate the information is. They just know the more sensational, the crazier, the more it captivates someone's attention, the more it outrages them, the more it makes them feel afraid, the more like conspiratorial it is. It doesn't even matter if it's true. It, it all, it's all about, can I get clicks? Can I get likes? Can I get views? Can I get subscribers? Like it's all about just getting people's attention, but the motivation for what is actually true is, is secondary. It's, it's on, taking a back seat. 
Um, and so for everything that like I'm trying to consume and process now, whether it's mainstream media, whether it's off of YouTube, whether it's off of um, some kind of social media outlet, um, who's the source? What's their motivations? What's their bias? What's what's the opposite side of the aisle saying? If one outlet's saying one thing, I, I need to probably look at what the other's saying. Like if I read an article by CNN, I probably need to read a corollary article from Fox to get like a balanced perspective here uh, because I'm, I'm not going to get the full truth from either side. I, I need to balance and, and kind of get both perspectives here. All right. So yeah, I wanted to, to share that. I think that's, um, I think that's all I have to say there. So Lord, please don't harden my heart. That was the first thing. Uh, it's hard to find accurate news. That was the second thing. Here's the third. Um, and this is probably going to make some people feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it needs to be said. Here's, here's what's been coming up in my heart. Um, this shooter is recorded as having, there's differing reports, but on the gun, this shooter was reported to have a Palestine, or some reports are saying free Palestine. Uh, this shooter is reported as being a practicing Muslim. Uh, wore a hijab. This shooter had tons of anti-Semitic uh, writings and rhetoric at her house. Uh, one of the things that nobody is talking about right now is the fact that as Westerners, we have a very, a very skewed perspective of Islam. Um, as Westerners, I it seems like we think Islam is is kind of like the Christian analog. It's like the the Arab analog to Christianity. Um, and and you know, by all accounts, it's pretty much the same. You know, they have Muhammad, and they may have some different books, and they may have a couple of different things. But you know, for the most part, it's it's pretty similar to Christianity. I, I think like if you went out and asked, you know, a thousand different Americans. Um, you know, how similar is Christianity and Islam? I think most of them will go, well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like, you know, they're trying to encourage people to do good and to give alms to the poor. And, um, you know, they're, they're all about worshiping their God. And like, I think they would go, it's fairly similar to Christianity. The problem is that is factually not the case. Um, Islam is in its very nature, extremely different. And, and I would say this, it is extremely violent in comparison to Christianity. And I'm seeing it's really hard for Westerners to call a spade a spade. It's really hard for us. We're so afraid of being labeled as a homophobe, a transphobe, a racist, a bigot. And in this case, being labeled an Islamophobe, we're so afraid of that that we have lost the ability to call what is evil, evil. And if you look, just look objectively at Islamic theology, it is very, very violent. It is not a religion of peace. You're going to hear Muslim apologists say this, that Islam is, an, is, a, is a nation or is a religion of peace. Um, that is not the case. That is a complete misnomer. That is very, very misleading. Uh, let me explain what I mean here. Um, 
the the Islamic religion sees the world divided up into two categories, that there are two different houses, if you will. That's kind of the language that they use. There's the Dar al-Harb and there's the Dar al-Islam. The Dar al-Harb refers to all of the nations that have not bowed the knee to Muhammad. They, they are not Islamic. Uh, and they are commanded to... Uh, to perpetrate jihad they are commanded to spread islam to the the dar al-harb to make these people submit to islam uh through any means necessary usually through violence uh the quran explicitly calls for spreading islam through the edge of the sword um they see the world especially those nations who have not become islamic as territory to be conquered by any means necessary and and specifically through like jihadist principles through like religious war they are commanded not just like encouraged or just like subtly recommended they are explicitly and directly commanded to commit religious war against the dar al-harb so that they would become the dar al-islam those who are submitted to Islam, submitted to Muhammad and his, to Allah and his prophet Muhammad. Um, and, and this is a vastly distinct and, and different worldview from Christianity. Christianity calls for us to pray for those who persecute us, uh, to turn the other cheek. Uh, Christianity calls for us to spread the gospel through uh, hospitality, through serving, through uh, intellectual debate, through civil, respectful dialogue. We are to reason with people and show them the beauty and show them the glory of Jesus and to kind of woo them and win them into Christianity. Islam does not think like that. Islam does not prescribe that. It is convert or you will be killed. It is convert or you will die. And it's hard for us in the West to just openly call that out and say, hey, this ideology is evil because we're so afraid of being labeled as, as a bigot or as an Islamophobe. And what came to my mind is this verse in the, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 5. I've got some, some Bible for this. Isaiah 5 verse 20 explains kind of a challenging it's a challenging prognosis of where we are at right now much like what Jesus did in his Matthew 24 Isaiah says woe to those who call evil good and good evil so when he says woe that means like shame like curse be upon you um like May it go bad for you. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So Isaiah says here, uh, shame on those, curse be upon those who call what is evil good, and they call what is good evil. And I'm starting to see this more and more, and I saw it in the case of this shooter here. 
I, as I was looking at the news and kind of watching how things were uh, playing out here, I started to see right after the shooting, um, I started to see, especially uh, people who lean more politically left, they were starting to come to the shooter's defense. They were starting to say things like, well, if the Christian church wasn't so oppressive towards trans people, then this shooting would have never happened. So they are coming to the defense of somebody who has perpetrated evil and trying to call it, trying to call it good, trying to say that they were justified in this act of evil because those who are Christians were doing something evil. I saw this in the October 7th attack when the Palestinians attacked Israel. The Palestinians committed a horribly violent act of terrorism against Israel. And Israel responded like any other nation would have responded. They not only defended themselves, but they sought retribution. And people were saying that the only reason the Palestinians acted out like this was because of the colonial oppression of the nation of Israel. And I'm just seeing this more and more. We're losing the ability to call what is evil, evil, and call what is good, good. And, and nobody in this whole thing is talking about the fact that this woman clearly looks like she has Islamic ties, clearly looks like she has some anti-Semitic um, tendencies, and nobody is pointing out that while her, her violence is probably fueled by her mental instability, you have to admit that the very religion she's practicing calls for violence. It calls for the destruction. It calls for uh, the elimination of anything that is anti-Islamic. That's a crazy worldview. Like that is an evil worldview. It, it, we have to be able to say that. We have to be able to look at an ideology, look at a religion, and objectively go, this is evil. This advances violence. And we cannot say that it is a good thing. This whole shooting has just caused, oh man, confusion, caused self-reflection. Uh, I, I don't know why this one more than others, maybe because it, it was a Christian church and that just kind of hit closer to home for me. Um, but these are the things that I've been thinking about through this whole, through this whole process. Um, yeah, Lord, keep my heart from getting hard. Help me to find good balanced like information. Help me to seek the truth, not just seek what, what I want to hear. Like, help me to not just look for what my political party lines up with, but help me to actually find what's true. Um, and, then, and then in that search, help me to have the courage to call what is evil, evil. Now, I don't want to be the person that says good things are evil and evil things are good. I don't want to be the person that says what is light is dark and what is dark is light. I want to be a person that uh, clarified by the truth, clarified by the Spirit of God, I can go, no, that's evil. No, that's wicked. We must repent of that and turn from that. Um, 
otherwise, man, we're going to get swallowed up. We're going to get swallowed up by the confusion. We're going to get swallowed up by the propaganda and the lies. So in an effort to, to just not let my heart get hard, what I'd like to do is close by just praying for Lakewood and, and for Joel Osteen and uh, for all the parties involved. So, uh, Lord, God, I, I do pray for, uh, I pray for all the people hurting from this church shooting. God, I want to pray for your, your comfort and your peace to be real tangible, heartfelt, close to those that are hurting right now, Lord. Uh, I pray for Joel Osteen, Lord. I pray that, that you would show him more fully the gospel. You would show him more fully who you are. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would use this in some way to, to draw Joel's heart closer to you. Um, I, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, correct him. I pray that you would show him the error of a lot of his teaching. Um, and I pray he would turn from that. He has a huge platform, Lord. He has a huge reach. Uh, I pray that he would use that wisely and for your glory. Uh, I pray for the shooter's family, Lord. I, I pray for those that are so close and uh, like intimately tied to her. I pray that you would heal their hearts and give them peace and wisdom. And, and I pray now for us, Lord, help us to just know how to navigate these things. I pray that you would keep our hearts soft. Um, help us to be discerning, Lord. Help us to be wise, to not be fooled by the lies and the propaganda and the agendas that, that mainstream media is trying to throw our way. Um, help us to, to see the truth and, and sniff out where uh, propaganda and lies are coming in. And uh, I pray, God, you would give us the courage and the boldness to call what is evil, evil, and call what is good, good. Um, and I pray these things in your name. Amen.